Hey, just before we kind of start, I'd like to acknowledge that, yes, it's been almost three full weeks since my last episode. Um, I'm really sorry about that. I deal with PTSD and bipolar disorder, and I've been struggling. I'm sorry. Um, I'm doing better now. Thanks for sticking with me. Here's the next episode. Barefooting with Sierra uses Buzzsprout. Just start with the equipment you already have and a quiet space. Add Buzzsprout and your podcast is ready to go. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support the show. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. Hello and welcome to episode 56 of Barefooting with Sierra. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral land of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Ojibwe, and Nakota Sioux, among others, for time immemorial. I'd also like to acknowledge that this land is home to the Métis Nation of Alberta and that I am a settler on this land. My name is Sierra Larson, better known as Barefoot Sierra. I'm a novelist, comic creator, and independent journalist. I use they-them pronouns, and I've been living without shoes since 2010. I created this podcast to keep my audiences in touch with all of my projects, to talk about things I care about, and to interact with the awesome people in my various professional networks. I break this podcast up into four parts. Novels, comics, journalism, and barefooting. Each representing a different aspect of my professional life. In this episode, I interviewed author Linda Jameson. Let's get started. First up, novels, which means it's time for my interview with Linda Jameson. Hi, Linda. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Please tell the listeners a little about yourself, where you're from, and what you do. Okay, thanks, Sierra, and thank you for having me on this podcast. This is my second one to date. (laughs) Uh, I was born in New York City, raised on Long Island, and then upstate, where I also studied music at Bard College. After graduating, I moved to Boston, and then throughout my adult life, I sort of bounced back and forth between New York and Boston. And then in 2001, I was living in Boston, which was the first place, I'm sorry, the last place I lived in the States before I moved overseas. And the reasons I left the States uh, are the premise for my recently released memoir, Odyssey of Love. You mentioned to me that the reason you left the States was because of a psychic premonition. Can you tell us about that? Yes, surely. What happened was it wasn't my premonition. It was from a woman, actually psychic or intuitive named Angelica. So what happened was at around my 41st birthday, I was expecting a marriage proposal from my long-term boyfriend, Hank, and it didn't happen. And after a series of very difficult conversations with him, I realized it probably never would. My best friend, Jenny, suggested that if Hank couldn't commit after seven years, that 10 or 15 probably wasn't enough either. And she encouraged me to settle down, not settle for. And this actually became my mantra then, settle down, don't settle for. So uh, what happened was she made an appointment for me to see her psychic this woman, Angelica. And I was very hesitant at first. I considered it a lot of hocus pocus. 
But then I remembered that my parents had met and found true love in the tea leaves. When my mom was 20 years old and living in Manhattan, she had visited a fortune teller. And after drinking a cup of tea, the initial J was in her teacup. So the psychic told her that she would marry someone within six months with that initial. So right on schedule, six months later, my mother, Gloria, married Joseph. So I really thought then, okay, well, if it was good enough for my parents, it's good enough for me. And I kept the appointment and I went to see Angelica. And I was really surprised because I guess I was expecting, you know, maybe cobwebs and, you know, hanging from the ceiling or, you know, tarot cards and incense and crystal balls. But instead, her her flat was much more like um, a cloister. There were statues of Mother Mary. There were paintings of saints. There were different editions of the Bible on the shelves. So I later learned that Angelica was a devout Catholic. So this was a surprise for me when I went. So I, I was raised a Christian and this calmed me down. And, um, but however, I was really nervous about what she would tell me because I was still holding on to the hope that Hank and I would be together. So that's what I wanted to hear. I thought Angelica was going to tell me, okay, he's going to come around, Linda, just hang in there. But in fact, what she said was the total opposite. The first thing she predicted was that I would be moving to Europe. And I thought, well, how is that possible? You know, that didn't even seem, you know, it wasn't even on the horizon. Uh, And then I wondered if Hank would be coming with me, but he didn't like to travel at all. He was afraid of flying. So I quickly realized that wasn't going to work. Um, Then she also said she saw me speaking in a classroom and it seemed like I was teaching and that also horrified me because I was terrified of public speaking at that time so I just thought there's no way I would be teaching in a classroom especially overseas however the third thing she said really piqued my interest she said that I would be surrounded by musical instruments and get back into my passion for music and I had been playing piano since I was seven and just I was very I love the romantic repertoire and I had studied with my mother and then in college um, but I was what I would say is a lapsed pianist I was so focused on my at that time a fundraising career that I got away from my music so that really excited me that I would be involved in music again but then when I asked about Hank she said very clearly that he was not the one And not only was he not the one, but the one was a tall man with glasses who was waiting for me overseas. And she said that he would not come into my life for a while. And during that time, I would be traveling and meeting other men, but that eventually a Russian icon would lead me to him. And that also seemed very far-fetched. I thought, Russian icon? Am I going to Russia? That was my first thought. Am I going to Russia? But she said no. Okay. Uh, My grandmother had been Russian Orthodox. She said she saw my grandmother around me. So she said all these things. She, She said I would be reconnecting with my roots because I have also roots in Eastern Europe. So it was all very intriguing and exciting, but I didn't think, I mean, I just couldn't understand how would I go from 
being a fundraiser in Boston, living with my boyfriend of seven years, being close to my parents who I, you know, who were getting older and my friends, and suddenly like uprooting everything and going to Europe. It just, it seemed like a pipe dream. And it also seemed expensive. <laughs> so once again, my friend Jenny had the answer and she suggested I talk to my parents, like really have a heart to heart with them. Because after all, my mother had gone to this fortune teller and like really tell what's in my heart and say that this is what Angelica said. I'm thinking about this. What do you think? And as it turned out, they were super supportive and they really encouraged me to go. So I went. And so I'm guessing that it kind of plays out what happens in your book. And yes. You, yes. You, you know, you don't have to tell us all the, the spoilery stuff, but, you know, you say a, a Russian icon. Are you able to tell us a bit about that without it being too much of a spoiler? Hmm. <laughs> I'll just say that um, actually the icon goes with the tall man with glasses in a most unpredictable, unusual way. And throughout the book, I'm looking for the icon. You know, I traveled to Amsterdam. I had a, um, there was a man there I was very interested in. And I was looking around because he was actually very tall and had glasses. <laughs> and I was looking around for the icon, but I thought, why would a Russian you know, icon be in Amsterdam? <laughs> but, you know, everywhere I was, I was, if I saw someone I was interested in or, you know, I just would be looking and it, I just didn't see any. I, I you know, it didn't happen. And then the one time I was in Greece, actually, there were a lot of um, Greek icons, but nothing, there was nothing came of that. But anyway, yeah, it's at the very end of the book. So it would be difficult to talk about without giving it away. But I will say it happened at the last moment. I was about to move back to America. I had not met this man, tall man with glasses. And I had decided after two years of teaching English as a second language in Budapest, where I was based, that it was time to go back to my original career, my fundraising career. And um, I wasn't upset, actually, I was very happy. I, I had had a wonderful experience. And, you know, maybe Angelica was off the mark, but, you know, I was very satisfied with my, with what had happened in Budapest and the people I'd met and the experiences I've had. So, but then that's when I met just at that moment when I was really ready to go, I met my future husband. Amazing how that timing works. <laughs> I know. And the thing was, um, just when I decided to let it go, like it didn't matter, is when I met him. Isn't that interesting? It's like I was saying, okay, whatever, just, yeah. Like you were trying too hard to make it happen almost. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And then I just was resigned to, you know, this is just a wonderful experience and time to go. But then there were other plans in, in the universe and other plans. So, and here I am now in Helsinki. That's awesome. Yeah. And so you wrote this, this memoir about, about your experience, which it sounds thrilling and just so fun. I can't wait to read it. Oh, great. But- you decided to self-publish it. Can you talk to us a little bit about why you chose self-publishing over traditional publishing? Sure. You know, when I first started writing this, I wrote um, 
a few chapters and like of interesting characters that I'd met. For example, there's one guy that I dated called Adam. There's a chapter called Adam's Fib, <laughs> which is a play on Adam's rib. Um, and I had written just some chapters and it took a while for me to see the arc, you know, and put it all together. So um, while I was doing that, I went to a couple of pitch sessions in New York City while I was there visiting family and friends. And I got a lot of positive feedback at that time with agents and that kept me going. That was wonderful. Then what happened was I went to other uh, writers conferences in Europe, like years, some years later. And I was told repeatedly that I should fictionalize my memoir, not just part of it, but you know, the whole thing. And um, I could understand from the agent perspective that it's much easier to sell as women's fiction, for example, book club fiction, but it didn't seem, it just seemed dishonest to me that, and plus everyone knew my story. So it just seemed like crazy to me, like a crazy idea. And I just didn't accept that. So what happened was I decided after one particular uh, writer's conference, it was in Stockholm actually about uh, two years ago. And uh, I met a lot of other writers there, self-published writers, and I got a lot of inspiration and encouragement and I came back and I decided, okay, that's it. I'm going to self-publish. But how do I go about doing that? I'm not a tech person. I couldn't just go on Amazon and, you know, you know, upload my book or whatever. So I enrolled in a marketing course. This was a year ago in October. And it's a group, group called Write, Publish, Sell. They're based in North Carolina. They also run the, uh, the Women in Publishing Summit. And after that course, I really felt that I, I would pursue the self-publishing, but I needed support. So I wound up hiring them to help me with the technical parts and they helped with marketing too. So ultimately that's what happened. And I signed the contract last November. Then it took some months to get things going and uh, editing the final version and like with the cover. But I, I also should say that um, it was really important for me to keep control over that pro creative process. Like I didn't want some, you know, agents or creative people I didn't know who lived in New York City, for example, deciding on the cover that I would never see till the end or telling me that some scenes had to be cut or replaced or, you know, renaming chapters or renaming the title, for example. So I knew that was important to me to keep the artistic control. So that was really the biggest thing. And um, so that's what I did. I, I went with this company and it, uh, my book was released on June 1st, which was also my birthday. And um, it was really, it was a lot of work, a lot more than I thought, but it was really worth it. And it was a great way to celebrate my birthday. I was just so happy. And it was like the only good thing for me that came out of the pandemic. <laughs> because I finally focused, you know, I'm a Gemini. I don't know about you, but I'm a Gemini and I always have different projects going. And even with my writing, you know, I'm writing different things at the same time, but this was time to just focus and like, okay, am I really going to publish this? It's ready. I've had it edited multiple times. <laughs> so it just um, had some proofreading done at the end through the company. And then I read it again and again. And um, then it went, to print and 
I'm sure you feel the same. It's very rewarding experience, you know, so I'm glad I went that route. Absolutely. I do feel the same way. Like I, I told you I'd I'd had that offer of publishing where they wanted to retain the movie rights and I turned them down and like that just, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It's my baby. Don't, take that away from me um and maybe it's just a control freak thing i don't know but like my editor kaz moran he's someone who is local ish to me like we we both live in alberta and it's just i don't know like it's i have control over the whole process i pick my cover design i pick my editor i choose where my books are sold and it is a lot more work than handing it over to random house or penguin or whatever and letting them take care of all of it but it's also full control it's my book it's my control so yeah 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 i understand i agree with you yeah yeah so um you you did kind of get some help along the way so it wasn't all completely on your plates which that must have been nice because i i've done it all myself and it is so much and there's a lot technical and you know i would take these webinars about you know the nuts and bolts of self-publishing and i would take pages of notes and then i would just get on the computer and be like ah you know i just i'm just not a tech person at all like i had a friend come who's it who's just uh, knows all about that and he helped me set up my website and that was a really big deal too even knowing where to begin like who do I contact who's going to help me how much is it what's it going to look like what what you know what design do I pick so it was really nice to have that support yeah that was really nice but now the next one too I I while I was writing this I was also writing the sequel which is totally different um but continues the story. And actually there's more of Angelica. It's about, you know, my marriage about seven years into the marriage and some crises that happened, mostly health related with my husband and my mother. And um, it's called Triptych. So that will also be self-published, but I'm not sure if I will, you know, what I will, how I will go about that. That's too premature right now. So I still have national novel writing month to, really dig into that i'm sure you have some big plans for the month i'm sure Uh, i'm actually not going to be doing it this year i'm working and taking care of uh, a son who has some extra challenges and it's just too much to take on this year i think knowing your limits is important yeah 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 i didn't do it last year so i'm looking forward to doing it this year and now that i have this project I need to dust it off and go through it and then you know eventually have it edited and then probably edit it again and and then I'll decide what to do but I'm already getting some ideas for covers so that's a good idea I mean yeah that's that's, you know interesting process and exciting but um, I don't think I'm going to give as big a marketing push to the next book as I have for this one because this one is so because it's my love story, my husband's and my love story. I've been giving it sort of this extra attention, extra push. And it's now been five months of push <laughs> in terms of marketing. And I don't know if you felt this too, but that kind of never stops, you know, yep. um, 
the um, social media. I was surprised that I had to set up an author account on Instagram. Who knew? I had no idea. I just had a personal account. And even before my book was published, this company had told me, set up an author account. And I thought that just seemed really presumptuous. <laughs> but I started promoting the book already before it was even out. And you're supposed to do that, of course, like six months in advance. So I really learned a lot of stuff that will help me the next time. But a lot of it was a surprise, I have to say. And I wasn't on Twitter at all until recently. I don't know if you are, but. Yeah, it's, it's so much. There's so much to it and doing it all <laughs> yourself. It's like, I need to hire this out, but I, like, I don't have the funds to hire it out. So it's all on me. <laughs> I know. It's really a lot of work. And then, you know, people were saying, like the company was saying to me, you've got to get on some podcasts. And what about libraries, you know, and what about Twitter? And like, so all these things came up and it's really like endless what you could do if you had the time and the money resources, you could just keep keep going. But I think at some point there has to be a limit. And I think for me, it will probably be around Christmas time, you know, do a, I'm thinking of doing a Thanksgiving giveaway, you know, and then Christmas time, a little push and maybe a little Valentine's push, but then, you know, really focus on getting the other one out. Yeah. Uh, so do, that's you have, <laughs> do you have any advice for people who are looking to self-publish? Ah, well, what, what helped me was, for example, with this website, like I said, um, when I went to a writer's conference and they suggested setting up a website, this seemed very daunting because I'm not a tech person, as I explained, but they also said that people need a way to reach you. They need to know about you. They need to know what you're writing, where you live, like how to contact you. So um, again, that also seemed pretty presumptuous to me, but my friend helped me and I set that up. And that was, that was really a wonderful feeling to finally get the website up and going. And now it's really expanded. Like I have a blog, I have a page of reviews. Um, I mean, these things I never thought I would have. And then I have an Odyssey of Love book page on Facebook and I just started an author page. So I think one piece of advice would be to um, get involved on social media as much as you feel comfortable with because you can't do it all. At least I can't do it all. Uh, and I don't post every day or just pick one or two, for example, Instagram and Facebook that you are on anyway, and just pick two and focus on those. Like, don't try to spread yourself too thin, I would say. But I think it's really important that people can learn about you and have a way to get in touch. That's great advice. It's been so great chatting with you, Linda. Thanks again oh, for joining me. Oh, Sarah, thank you for having me. And I look forward to speaking again and hearing about your creative works. <laughs> now on to comics. In comics news, a Lancaster University-led project team have created a comics-based apps for students with dyslexia and foreign language learners to improve their writing skills. Comics for Inclusive English Language Learning, or CL, helps improve competency through the use of comic art and other visuals. It includes gamified approaches to planning essays. The CL app won a British counselor Elton's Digital Innovation Award and a judge's commendation for equality, diversity, and inclusion. This is so exciting. 
I have dyslexia, which I talked about in episode 31 with Ed Roman, a dyslexic musician. Learning another language is challenging on its own, and dyslexia makes writing more difficult. In typing, I have spell check, so it's not that big of a deal, but exams don't have spell check. I literally misspelled the in an essay one time. Thanks, dyslexia. And I'm conversationally adept in multiple languages, but writing, forget it. My brain can't make sense of it. This app is a huge advance for dyslexics. That's all for this week's episode. I'll be back in a few days with an interview with William Hinsey, author of A Fire for Christmas. Thanks so much for listening in. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to sierrathebarefootgirl at gmail.com. Thank you to Legion X for my intro and outro music. You can find me on Twitter at Sierra Barefoot, on Instagram at Sierra is the Barefoot, and on TikTok at Sierra is Barefoot. All of my books are available on Amazon under the name Sierra Larson and on my website, sierrathebarefootgirl.com. My Patreon is patreon.com slash possumpete. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. Until next time, this has been Barefooting with Sierra.